Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast, where we discuss Black moms navigating work and motherhood. Welcome to another episode of Moms Hustle Different. I'm your host, Brenda Miller, and I'm glad that you're here to listen to this week's episode. This episode dives deep into your God-given purpose and how you can even find your purpose and prepare for your purpose through motherhood. I titled the episode, My Purpose is Not in the Title, because a lot of times we can get so focused into what people call us that we can often forget who we are. I've definitely been guilty of wanting promotions for the title or worrying about what people are calling me versus being secure in my purpose, regardless of the thoughts of others. So in this week's episode, you will hear more on this topic from Tasha Hickey, who really, I mean, really goes in on how important purpose and vision are in our daily lives and what it looks like to live it out. Without further ado, let's go into the interview. Tasha Hickey is a serial entrepreneur with many years of experience working alongside vulnerable and underserved populations. Tasha is a graduate of Morgan State University, where she earned her bachelor's in social work, then went on to serve in AmeriCorps, earning a presidential award among other distinguished honors, leading her to earning her master's in social work from the University of Maryland, Baltimore School of Social Work. Tasha specialized in assisting individuals and identifying their purpose in life and exhorting them to pursue it in a realistic, rational, and relatable manner. Tasha is a powerful force and uses her life, education, talents, and tireless energy to encourage others to revive, rewrite, and retell their story from a position of power. Tasha is inspired daily by her mom, Teresa, her husband, Trey, and their two children. In her free time, Tasha loves to create Welcome, Tasha, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. I am honored. Um, I always start off my interviews with a segment called Brag on Your Baby, where you can just tell us a little bit about your munchkins. What are they up to? What are they doing? What are you proud of? So let us know. Okay, I love to brag on my babies. That's all we do as moms, right? Right. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But um, I have two babies, um, toddlers, one Matthias, he is three years old, and two Ignacia, who is one year old. Um, Matthias is, so I like to say that Matthias is my strong-willed child, and Amancia is my free-willed child. Matthias, when he wants to do something, he, he wants to do it, and that's it. So my baby has learned all his numbers, his letters, he can identify his days of the week, he can um, write, um, he's working on his sight words, um, count up to, I don't know, whatever number, he's just such amazing, and the thing that I love most about him is that um, he is so unapologetically him, and I nurtured that in him, if he doesn't want to do something, if he wants to do it, I, I allow him to. I don't force him into one corner, one lane. I let him be 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 strong-willed where he where he wants to be strong-willed. Um, except for, of course, if it's going to jeopardize his health or anything like that. But that is my strong-willed baby, and he's just so smart. 
Um, you can teach him something one day and the next day you'll think he doesn't know because he's so strong-willed. If he doesn't want you to know he knows it, he ain't going to tell you. I, I was teaching this boy ABCs for months thinking he wasn't catching on. Then one day he just said ABCD. He just said it. And I was like, um, okay, so you already know. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so that's Matthias and Amantia. That's my free will, baby. She just is so free. And she embodies her name, Emancia, which means free from bondage. So she just embodies her name. She is so free. She's free to love when she wants to love. She's free to scream when she wants to scream. And when she's done loving or screaming, she is just fine to be right back where she was. Like, she's just like, yeah, I just scream my head off, but now I'm good. So I'm walking in it. And that's her. Like, she's just so loving. She's so sweet. Um, she's so charismatic. And uh, this girl, she um, she's one, but you probably would think she was three, like her brother, of course, because she has an older brother, but you would think that she was three because of the way that she carries herself, because of the way that she tells me that she has to go to the potty, because of the way that she'll hop out of her crib and walk down the stairs to start her morning routine. Like, what? you would think this girl, yes, girl, this morning she hopped out of her playpen, walked down the steps, got her little writing table and sat down and started writing. And that's mm -hmm. just her. She's just free to do her thing. Um, so, yes, those are my babies. And pandemic, during the pandemic, it's hard because both of them are very social. So it's been hard. All they have is each other and us. But, yeah, those are my babies. I love to talk about my babies. That's awesome. It sounds like you're raising some independent children um, that are ready to do the things that they want to do and are going to be leaders. Yes. Yes. And people think that sounds like it is a beautiful thing, but it's hard on the parent. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Especially in that toddler season, because sometimes you just oh, want them girl. to do what you want them to do. Girl, girl. <laughs> a toddler is like a teenager, but they don't have that same world experience. So it's like you act like a teenager, meaning you're moody. You know, you want to talk mm -hmm. back. You want to do what you want to do, but you don't have the experience to support what you want to do. So you really just out in left field but yes <laughs> exactly because my two-year-old I just keep wanting to tell him like dude I'm gonna get it in a second like yes, do you not girl. understand <laughs> mm. the concept girl. of patience yet no nope. no he don't get it yet <laughs> wait and to toddlers wait and be patient means no you're never going to get it ever I'm never getting it for you that's exactly. what they you say <laughs> wait they're like, huh? I want it now. I asked for it now. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm cooking. I can't get you snacks. But that's a side note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, the first question I always ask everybody is kind of where were you in your career when you became a mom? Okay. So I was thinking, thinking, thinking like, shoot. Okay. So I had Matthias in 2017. Um, so in 2017, I believe I was, because I graduated from Maryland in So I think I was in my first year, first or second year as a therapist in Baltimore County, contracted therapist in Baltimore County Public Schools in five schools. Um, I was also um, speaking Yes, I was also speaking at um, the Child Welfare Conference in Jackson, Mississippi, um, when I around the around the very time that I found out because he was not planned. So I was in my beginning, actually the beginning of my career, 
very, very beginning of my career when I found out I was pregnant. It was March of 2017. Yep. 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 So how did that feel? Like you, cause I'm assuming, so you already had your master's at the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're getting into your career and you're just like, oh, okay. I'm right. So, <laughs> so it wasn't planned at all. Matter of fact, girl, I said I wasn't going to have any kids. So I was 30 and I'm not even 30 yet. <laughs> and I have to so it was completely a shock and I was taken back because I felt like I wasn't ready. Um, and so because I was like, it was, a, it was a surprise and I was waiting and waiting for, you know, my cycle to come and it didn't come. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm pregnant. Like, what? Why, why would I be pregnant? And um, so I was just, so when I found out, like literally, girl, I took so many tests because I was, I, first of all, <laughs> I never had taken a test before. So I had took so many because I was like, what am I even looking How? What? No, there's no, like, there's no line. There's no, because there really wasn't a line. And then like after, you know, you take it a couple of times, of course it gets darker and darker. So what I thought was a shadow was actually a line. And then after I had a bajillion test, I went to um, the Women's Health Center in their house. I'm like, I need an appointment because I think this thing is saying I'm pregnant. So then <laughs> I had her confirm it. So then I told my husband, and of course he was jumping, like literally jumping for joy. Like, <laughs> And I'm thinking like, what am I, like, what am I about to do? Cause I'm a planner. I'm a preparer. I like to be prepared for things. I like everything to be in its order, in its place, organized. And so it was a, it was a rift, a shift. Um, so I was just taken aback, like, man, cause I always wanted to be a stay home mom in the beginning, in the first place. I was going to work a little bit, kind of get us established, get myself established and then go on. But once I had Matthias, it was like, okay. Or once I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, I'm about to have a baby. So I had to kind of, you know, reground myself, recenter myself, shift, not change, not not change the goal, but change the plan. The, plan, the goal stayed the same. I just had to change the plan. So that's kind of how I took it. So how, like, in changing the plan, knowing mm-hmm. that you were starting your career, you're working in schools, you said you were presenting at a conference and things like that and then you find I'm like okay so I want to be a stay-at-home mom but I'm also kind of excited about what's happening in my career how did you yeah. adjust the plan like what you know what did you decide to do mm-hmm. so um, I'm a deeply spiritual person and I choose spiritual because I have a relationship with Holy Spirit with God with Jesus and I I don't necessarily uh, conform to religion, meaning the, 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 the repetition and the pattern of doing things. So just for me, it was hard for me because changing the plan was hard for me because I didn't have a lot of stability in my life. Yes, I'm about to be 30, but your childhood, your childhood has a good anchor on you because those are a lot of the development. When you're, most of your development is done in your childhood and that shapes your brain, your habits, your functions. And so... When I found out I was pregnant, I grew up in a single home, in a single parent home. My mother was severely mentally ill and she was dually diagnosed, meaning she had bipolar disorder as well as alcoholism. Um, Mm. She was honestly, I think her diagnosis is all wrong because she honestly had a complex trauma. Um, CTSD is what it's called. So complex trauma stress disorder, meaning that she had complex trauma, complex things, a whole a whole bunch of things that had happened to her and that were done to her that to have this um, 
this bipolar, this depression that she was in. My mother would drink and drink and drink. And don't get me, my mom, my mother was an is an amazing person. She sued Montgomery County. Okay, she she took care of four kids by herself that have that are all great beyond what statistics they were going to be. But that does not that does not it can it can be two things. She could be that person, and we could have a rough childhood. Yeah. She could be amazing and have alcohol and deal with alcoholism and bipolar and I could have had a traumatic traumatic class childhood and she raised me to be an amazing woman so I say that to say that it was hard for me to change the plan because I didn't have consistency in my life and for once for one time I was out of that place I was done with college and the stress of college and AmeriCorps and I was like okay now I can you know create my own patterns and begin to start over and then boom baby right and I'm like yeah. oh my gosh like now I got to, you know, switch again. Here comes that inconsistency. And so I had to switch my mindset and say, no, this is my, this is what exactly what I prayed for. I wanted to start over. I wanted to create new patterns. God has given me this opportunity with this child, yeah. right? So his name is Matthias Samuel, which means the gift God gave me, right? Um, the gift that God gave me that I prayed for. And so I didn't know that I was praying for a child when I told God that, that, when God told me that I was going to be the mouthpiece for my, for my family. And I said, yes. When he told me that I was going to be the pioneer woman in my family. And I said, yes, I didn't know that he was going to, a part of that journey was having that Matthias at that place. And at that time. And so I had to change my mindset to, to be surrendered and submitted to what God's plan was for me. And that took until this moment. Like it's still going today. Um, so what I had to do was just say, hey, okay, look, and sit down and talk to my husband and say, what do we want for our child? You know, my Matthias didn't have a name for a while because we prayed on that name. We prayed on the way that we were going to, you know, raise him, um, who and what we were, how we were going to discipline him, you know, different things like that. And so that's how that plan changed. And also the plan changed because in 2015, I had started a ministry called Perfect for Purpose, it's ministry and organization at practice. Um, and so I began to take that time and the job that I had was so flexible that I could build that and do that job because I had that flexibility. I only had to be at schools when I had a client. That's it. My day could be from nine to 11 a.m. and I'm done. So I, yes, girl. So I could build that business. So that's what I began to focus on. Not only building that pattern and, and leaving that, leaving a legacy and a pattern for my child, but also for other women. So I was able to to take my purpose and give it not only and not live it only with my life, but give that to other women to change patterns in their own lives. So I began to switch my focus. My purpose never changed. I was always meant to um, tell my story and help women to tell their story in a more pattern, in a more purpose way and to change the patterns that were destructive in their lives. And I was doing it at schools with children purpose never changed I'm still doing that but now I'm shifting into doing it not in the in the institution of the school but in under the influence of my ministry and my business my purpose never changed but the plan did and so that's how it changes I switched my focus by switching my mindset that I don't I don't I don't need the title of a social worker I don't need the title of a therapist my purpose is not in my title my purpose is in the position that God gave me as Mm -hmm. his daughter 
And so that's how I, that's how I shifted. I changed my mindset and I wasn't attached to the plan. A lot of times we plant tents, we plant houses, we build houses where we're supposed to be pitching a tent. And I couldn't build a house in social work and in that position and thinking that position made me and that was my purpose. And that was my only plan when I was only supposed to pitch a tent there. Ultimately, God has me doing this for generations of women and first and foremost, my own family. So the plan had to change in my mindset and surrendering to God's plan for me and not my own or not the world's plan for me. You need to go to college, you need to have this and this and this and this and this. I had to switch that mindset, which took, and it's taking, it's going to take for a long time. It's going to take until, you know, whenever God calls me home, I'm consistently changing my mindset as I notice, yeah. you know, different patterns. Yeah, we all have to do that. It's really, because life is a surprise, right? So yes, the girl. things that happen, mm-hmm. we think, okay, God, oh yeah, this is the direction. And then something happens, like, oh, okay. Got you, plot twist, plot twist. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And sometimes mm-hmm. these babies can be like real plot twist. So, girl, mm-hmm. um, I love that being able to switch your mindset, switch your focus, recognizing that you're not just the what your title is at a company or at an organization like you mm-hmm. are more than that and that your purpose is not defined by the title but mm-hmm. truly defined by God um yep. so I really appreciate you sharing that um so when you take that just make that decision and you say like yeah. all right we're having this baby it looks like I'm staying home with them but you mm-hmm. also have this business and this ministry that you're trying mm-hmm. to run at the same time. How did mm-hmm. you adjust to that? Like having a new baby and now two babies. <laughs> and okay, girl. saying like, okay, well, I want to grow this <laughs> business. I want to be successful in this business as well. How do you do that? Um, that's a great question. And so first I want to say that after, so after I had Matthias, he was born October of 2017 so I had it was March of 2016 I found out no March 2016 yep March 2017 I found I was pregnant I had him in October of 2017 um so March 2017 to October 2017 he was born um I went back to work probably after Christmas and um I was disobedient because God told me and I and to to go home after that school year was over to go home to stay home with your child raise your child I went to my boss and I told her that I think I'm going to my husband and I decided I was going to stay home. She, or no, let me not blame on her. I got my ego tickled when she told me, Tasha, no, we really, really need you. Okay. What if I take you down to one school? We really, really need you. You're so impactful. We get so many views. And my ego, my pride was tickled. It was, she was just feeding my pride. My pride was, you know, was just building. And so I said, okay, okay, I'll do that. Um, and so I stayed another year. I did one day a week and, or one school, I did one school and, um, it was hard because it's not what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be home raising my child. (laughs) He was, he's exclusively breastfed. He would not take a bottle. If he did take a bottle, he would take about three ounces for all the time I was at work. Um, Mm -hmm. and so because I didn't listen, it was hard. Not saying that it's not going to be hard, even if you do listen. But yeah. why, why inflict pain on yourself that you don't have to? 
you know, oh, the Bible yeah. says, right. The, the Bible says, you know, you know, to is, is, it says something to the, to the fact of, you know, great is he who, you know, endures, you know, for my sake, meaning his sake, but I was enduring for my own sake. <laughs> like I didn't have to do that. That, that wasn't what Jesus had for me. That wasn't what Holy Spirit had for me. I put that thing on myself. So I stayed and I stayed for a year. Um, I finished out that year. Um, and so at the end of that year, I said, okay, I, I, I have to do this. And I don't like letting people down. Again, I, I was plagued with people pleasing. So I don't like to put people down. So at the end of that year, though, I told her, and this is what I said, girl, with no job, with no plan. I said, you know what? Um, I have to leave. I said, um, this will be my last year. And I said, I have the opportunity to stay at home, raise my children and make a six figure income. Now I said this to her with no plan, with no evidence <laughs> of no six figure income coming from anywhere, but I said it to her because that's what I truly believe God has for me. Um, and so how that worked, ministry, newborn job, was that first I had to recognize that the season I was in. Just like there's seasons in with in, you know fall, summer, winter, winter, spring, just like plants have a season, just like, you know, your clothes have a season, just like everything around, butterflies, insects, trees, everything has a season, a rotation. I had to first recognize the season that I was in. Okay, is this my season to be completely immersed in motherhood? Um, is this my season to learn my you know is this my season to give is this my season to receive is this my season to hear is this my season to endure is this my season to rest is my is this my season to discern is this my season to sit down first I had to discern the season that I was in then after I discerned the season that I was in I had to figure out okay what happens during this season and then once I figured out that I had to say, okay, what do I need to do to get the best out of this season? So what I did, even in it, while I was being disobedient and still at work, I knew that I was supposed to be at home with my child. I realized that I was in the season of learning, the season of impartation, learning how to be a mother. And I don't mean just a mother, like taking care of your kids and you know what our culture says a mother is, but a mother in the spirit. God was teaching me in my child with through my child how to mother, how to nurture, how to forgive, how to love, how to be consistent, how to create, you know, routine and schedule, how to learn a child. So I learned my child. If anybody knows me, they know that Matthias was on a schedule. Okay. He one, you knew what Matthias needed, when, what he ate, how he ate it. Um, I made everything, cloth diapers. I mean, I I learned my child. I learned my child, the way he learned, the way he spoke, the way he communicated with me, um, his sleeping, I, I just learned him. And so that's what I did. I learned my child and I set him up for success um, to, be, to be grafted into my husband and I, our family, our union. Um, because that's what the season I was in, imparting wisdom of learning how to be a, a, a mother. And so I focused on that first. And so then after I was focused on that and I had my, my grounding in that, 
I, that, that knowledge was able to spill over into my ministry. So then I was able to take that knowledge and learn how to nurture the women in my ministry. I learned how to be consistent with them. I learned how to create a flow of events for them. I, I, I had events every year. I had a main event every year. And that year the event was even better because I knew how to nurture. I knew how to, to, how to graft them into a family of perfect for purpose. I knew how to speak to them. I knew their language, all from learning how to be a mother that then grafted into my ministry. And so one thing just, just you know, poured into the next. It didn't necessarily have to be separate. You know, the college teaches us to keep everything separate. You have to have different brands for everything. But when you learn the common string, but your purpose, you will be able to string it along in everything, one common thread in everything that your life brings you to and through. And that's kind of how it worked for me, how I was able to kind of grasp everything together. I mean, that's awesome. I think a lot of the times I know I look at my son and I learn a lot. <laughs> you yes. got patience. I know you talk yes. about, you know, learning how to nurture and stuff like that like you learn patience you learn how to be kind even when your child isn't kind to you mm, <laughs> um, mm. you know even when they're acting crazy you're like okay all right yeah you know how to be kind how i can mm -hmm. discipline what yep. is, you know what do things look like and i think it's a loss um a lot of times as mothers we can lose that in knowing yes. that the skills that we're developing just through raising children. So I think that yes. that's important to call out that we are developing skills. <laughs> Even if you yes. do decide to stay at home, whether Girl, it's yes. for a long period of time or for a short mm -hmm. period of time, because maybe somebody's listening now who is thinking about going back into the workforce and is scared. And yeah. you are developing Girl, put it on your thing. resume. <laughs> Put yes. it on your resume. Learn how to take what you learned being a mother and, and put it on your resume. Because I'm like that multitasking girl. girl. <laughs> mm. that multitasking. Like knowing how to prioritize. It's called program managing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Exactly. You know how to prioritize, know how to get yes. things done. All right, we're going to do this first mm -hmm. and we're going to do this. You know how to work happen. with difficult clients. Uh-huh. <laughs> All of that. So, all of it put it just on in there. case you listening honey yes <laughs> just know and, that you got those skills. yes and being a mom helps you unlearn things too helps yeah. you unlearn a lot of the things you thought were staples or grounding or traditional you're like wow why do we do this you know you you begin to unlearn things so yeah yeah it is so true there's a lot of stuff that we can that we gain from motherhood, like as much as we mm -hmm. give to our kids, they give so much back to us too. Yes. Yeah, you think, you think you're a mother, so you're about to be giving so much, but really it is an equal give and take. Like my kids teach me so much. I feel like my kids are a mirror and they show me me and they, it either is gonna call, it's like fight or flight. Either I'm going to run away from it, what they show me, or I'm gonna fight to you know perfect that thing yeah my kids show me me that's it it's that fight or flight it's either I'm a boss up or I'm gonna say you know what I'm just gonna say the way I am and fault my kids like oh no that's just them when I know daggone well it's me 
my kids will say certain stuff and I'm like okay I must have said that to you okay I need to watch what I say sometimes things are such a habit that you say in the way that you think or the way that you do things that you don't recognize until your kids do it to you and you're like what did you just say to me or what mm-hmm. did you just do like where do you get that you, from exactly and then you catch yourself doing it and you're like dang I didn't even know I did that you know mm-hmm. and so then you're like all right let me <laughs> let me get it together yes yeah so one thing I do want to go back to is mm-hmm. the conversation that you had with your supervisor at the time. And yes, you said girl. you want to stay at home, raise my yes, children, and you're going to get a six-figure. And you're yes. going to make six figures while doing uh-huh. it. Let's go back to that. Let's go because back. Because I'm on here like, Lord, I see what you do for others. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, yeah, what was the process of saying like, okay, um mm-hmm. working towards getting six figures at home with no plan like I know we're at the point now where mm-hmm. you had to start the season you figured out like okay what's happening now in the season what am I supposed to be doing and you're focusing mm-hmm. a little bit on learning from motherhood mm-hmm. and yeah. you're letting that fill into your ministry mm-hmm. but ministries aren't necessarily always seen as profitable per se absolutely in absolutely. a six-figure yeah. way so yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. How do we get to okay? Like so, I'm gonna be at six-figure level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, I'm not at the six-figure level even now. Let let me tell you that and be frank there. But yeah. I said that there, speaking prophetically, and I know prophetic is just such a word nowadays that's so like ugh, that it just annoys me. Everybody wants to say everything is prophetic, but I say it that way because that's what God put on my heart. Not necessarily the six figures, but to stay at home, be with my parent, be with my children and make money. I said six figures because that's what I want. Yeah, I want. And so, and I want to be clear when I say that, but this is a process and, and I'm still in this process now. He's taking me and taking me. But first that process starts with realizing your patterns. Okay, if I want to make six figures, if I want to stay at home, you have to, a lot of people have sight but no vision, right? So you can see, you can read the Bible over and over. You can read these empowerment books. You can read all these things and you see the words on the paper and they sound good to your ears, but you can't visualize yourself there. Mm. You don't visualize yourself there. You can't see yourself grafting together your gifts, your family, your home, your money. You can't see it all. You are stuck in the patterns of this world and you separate it all out. It's either I'm going to have I'm going to operate in my gifts or I'm going to have money. It's either I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom or I'm going to be, or I'm going to have money. It's either I'm going to be this. No, 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 You have to have vision. And vision is not something that this world can give you. It's not. Vision is only something that is given by Holy Spirit. It's only something that he can impart to you. And what I had to do in, in that place, in that time, I had, I didn't have enough vision for it it was only recently that I've even been broken broken to the place of being okay with money I used to have bad association with money thinking uh, accumulation of money means you're evil or wicked that used to be my mindset because I grew up in poverty so I had to break poverty break that poverty mindset off me poverty is more than just a lack of money poverty is a mindset it's a persona It, it is a visualization you can see more people can see themselves impoverished than they can see themselves abundant. And so I had to start the process of doing exercises that would help me to break down 
that poverty mindset, that poverty persona, I was walking poverty. Poverty kills more dreams, more people, more purpose, more hope than any other thing. Poverty is a whole pandemic. And mm-hmm. so I had to start there. I had to start um, breaking down those things. I started researching soul ties and I started praying on them and just releasing my God, dang, I didn't even realize, you know, this thing, this, like I said, habits. I had to realize the habits that I had. Okay, if I want to have six figures, what habits do I have of a six figure person? Do I have any? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. So let me go see what the habits of a six figure person are. And let me also see what the weaknesses of a six figure person is. Okay, yeah. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. If I want to be a stay-at-home mom, what are the what are the what are the you know what does it look like to be a stay-at-home mom, and what are the setbacks of being a stay-at-home mom? I had to start seeing those things and seeing myself there, and making a simple and plain plan, just changing one thing. If I want to be a stay-at-home mom, I want I, if I have to stay at home, work at home, be at home, my home needs to be a place where I want to be. I don't want to be in a mess. Being a mess makes my brain hurt. I can't function. I can't think. And I know I have kids, so it's not going to be perfect. But let me get up every day and let me just make my bed. Just every day, just one thing. Just make my bed. Yeah. And if I want to be a six-figure income person, let me, okay, let me, I need to read. I need to, I don't have all the knowledge. So let me go ahead and put this book on my bed and, you know, make sure I wake up at this time and go to sleep at this time. Okay. And just, just work at one habit at a time. I literally just built and built, picked one thing to focus on and built it and built it. And you think that that's going to take forever, but no, starting one good habit will affect your whole life. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Please support Moms Hustle Different by subscribing to the podcast and encouraging your friends to listen as well. You can share our content on social media, or you can send an episode directly to a friend. Together, we can support each other in our journey to reach our goals and dreams without sacrificing motherhood. Because as you know, moms hustle different. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, so I just worked on building one thing, one habit, making one relationship at a time. So a better relationship with my home, per se. So I started making my bed every day even when I didn't want to and there were times and bouts where I messed up but I always hop back on hop back on that relationship I didn't dwell in it and that just leads to a domino effect of being better and and working towards that six figures or working towards staying at home even being comfortable staying at home um and so now what I do is so that I have vision not only do I see it but I have vision is I my brother's an artist and I call him up. And when I have a vision or a dream for myself, I ask him to draw it and I put it in my room. So when I begin to, when I get up in the morning, I see it and it reminds me over and over what I said or what I saw. I begin to visualize it and embody. It. And I know it sounds like, oh, that's really petty. That's really simple, but it's a simple thing. Sometimes we think that we have to, you know, reinvent the wheel, but we don't have to. It's the small things that you do that begins to break ground in new places for you. Um, and I started with the simple things. I started, 
you know, like I said, making my bed and working out and exercising and spending quality time with my children or writing a little bit every day, journaling a little bit every day. And then that habit began to writing a book or, you know, different things like that. But that's really what I did was just starting little habits. And I went from being able just, just having sight to having vision. I love and having that. strategy and plan. Yes. I love that. I love the idea of not putting on too many habits at one time but just taking on one thing at a time so that it's mm-hmm. easier to add those things as we go or upgrade in our habits over time. So yeah. starting with five minutes and okay, now I can do 10 minutes. I can do 15. Right. And yes. next thing you know, you're itching for 30 versus right. trying to start with 30 at the beginning yes. or trying to start with the hour at the beginning when it's yes. like, no girl, you need to start with five minutes because right. um, right. let's be real. Yeah, I like that. I really do. But I do want to make sure that you have an opportunity to talk about your business and how people can connect with you, what you talk about, especially as a purpose trainer and what, Mm -hmm. um, how people can work with you. Okay. Um, so yes, I, um, am a purpose trainer, meaning that I help women to carry the weight of their purpose in a way that frees them from the bondages of insecurity, pain, and deception that hold them back from the promises that God has for them. I believe that your purpose is like a weight. And just like when you lift the weights over time, you begin to get strong and that strength helps you to um, get through life, be healthier to get through life and get through things. It's the same way with your purpose. Your purpose is a weight. And depending on the way you carry it, depending on the way that you use it in exercises, you know, life's exercises will depend on, you know, how you reach or if you reach the potential that God has for you, the promises that he has for you. And so I teach women different exercises in identity, narrative, rebuilding, healing, faith, healing, healing, faith, community, and purpose. Those are the seven principles of purpose that I use and I teach women different exercises in them. Small things to do daily to begin to um, abide in that purpose. And I don't believe that purpose is a place. I believe that purpose is a position and your position is a daughter of God. And when you're in that position, who do you seek for validation? God. (laughs) Who defines you? God. Who rebuilds you? God. Who heals you? God. So you'll no longer seek you'll no longer be tossed to and fro like a rag doll because world continually wants to be bipolar and whether they accept you or not you'll know that you're accepted you'll walk in that and your prompt your purpose will make way for for you because you're god's daughter imagine going to a school and somebody treating you crazy um being in school and somebody treating you crazy or teacher talking to you a certain type of way the first thing i usually say is i'm gonna call my mom i'm gonna tell my mom Mm-hmm. but God is my father. So I, when, when I experience life and anxiety is barking up my tree or, or insecurity is treating me crazy. I say, um, Oh, I'm about to tell my father about you. Insecurity, meet my father. Let yeah. me tell you who he is. I teach women to, to do that. Cause a lot of times we don't realize the patterns that we have. You wonder why you say, okay, I'm gonna stop gossiping. But every time you get around a certain, certain group of people, it just falls out. You just like, dang, I didn't even, like I couldn't even help it and you don't even realize things that trigger certain self-defeating habits you don't realize the the bad the bad relationships you have with yourself 
your family, your friends, your community that are that are distracting you or or deter or deterring you from your purpose and your position as a daughter of God. Daughters of God, you know, we we operate a certain way. And you're always being a daughter of God. God is always your father, but it's whether you recognize him as your father. He he sees you as his daughter once you accept him. But it's whether you see him as as his as your father. And so that's what I do. I just help women to to hone in on that and accept that and walk in this confidence and this security that they are, they are purpose. Like God created, like before even this world was formed, God had a purpose for you. And so this world can't, this world can't confirm it. This world can't boost it. This world can't take it away. And so that's the confidence that the woman that I work with can walk in. And it, sometimes it can see, it can, it can seem a little, you know, um, it can seem a little flashy to some people, but really it's built in humility that this is not me, this is God. It's our co-laboring, it's our relationship. It's the father and daughter relationship I have that exudes this confidence and this purpose that I'm dripping on everybody. And, you know, in that purpose position, you begin, your whole community begins to, you know, become a light because of your light. And so that is what I do. Okay, awesome. So how do people, I'll put your information in the show notes, but um, feel free to share with everyone like how they can mm-hmm. find you. You can find me on Instagram at purposefully underscore Tasha, or you can visit my website at www.purposefullytasha.com. I'm currently looking to work with seven women for seven weeks um for a very very low price um to just do one-on-one training so if you would like to do that you can feel free to hit me up on my website or that my dms on instagram and work with me awesome i'm like really happy that i was able to have you on the podcast um i really appreciate you know what you shared about vision and understanding um your the timing and the season that you're in and how you can use motherhood to develop your skills I think that'll be super helpful for people and especially you know learning to lean on God for that direction and that trust Mm -hmm. and knowing you know how you can define and find your purpose so I hope that and I believe that everyone will find value in what you've shared so I thank you so much for joining us today Thank you for creating this space. Mothers need it because we are hard on ourselves. So we need it. We just need to encourage each other. I I really appreciate spaces like this for mothers. I never realized how much I would need it. So I really, really thank you. Thank you. After that episode, I feel so clear on the importance of knowing my purpose and also how I can execute it even if it means seeing how to develop my purpose through motherhood. So thanks again, Natasha, for joining us. But before we go, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, join our email list, and follow us on Instagram at Moms Hustle Different. All of the links are in the show notes. I appreciate you for listening, and I'll be back here with you all next week for another episode of Moms Hustle Different. Bye!